Hello, everyone. Welcome to Screen Scream on Viola. In today's show, we're going to talk about some movies that people think I like, but actually I don't, or some movies that people don't even know I like, but I actually love it. Before further ado, let's listen to the first newly released movie we're going to talk about today: Control. Ian Curtis is a quiet and rather sad lad who works for an employment agency. And sings in a band called Warsaw. He meets a girl named Gabby, whom he promptly marries. And his band, of which the name in the meantime has been changed to Joy Division, gets more and more successful. Even though Gabby and he become parents, their relationship is going downhill rapidly, and Ian starts an affair with Belgian Anik, whom he met after one of the gigs, and he's almost never at home. Ian also suffers from epilepsy and has no good medication for it. He doesn't know how to handle the feelings he has for Gabby and Anik, and the pressure, the popularity of Joy Division, and the energy performing caused him. Genius, actually. It sounds like a very sad story, and indeed it is. It's the story about the lead singer of the rock band Joy Division, who committed suicide when he was only 23. In 1976, Tony Wilson established Factory Records, as well as the band Joy Division. There were four band members in it, and it totally changed Ian's life. As we heard in the introduction, after they became famous, Ian suffered from epilepsy, and it was getting worse and worse. He was also afraid of the disease itself. And eventually, he decided to commit suicide before their concert tour in the U.S. Actually, this documentary-like drama was released in 2006. It's the 15-year anniversary re-released this time. Ian Curtis once said, "Existence is well. What does it matter? I exist on the best terms I can. The past is now part of my future. The present is well out of hand." The last part, well out of hand, is probably the reason why this movie is called Control, because Ian at the time totally couldn't control his life at all. The night he passed away, the song "The Idiot" by Iggy Pop was still playing in his room, so it was really, really sad for all the rock and roll fan at the time. Ian's death made 1980 the darkest year in rock and roll history. If you are a rock and roll fan, or you're interested in rock and roll history, I recommend you to watch this movie. Although it's not a happy ending, you will learn a lot about rock and roll after watching it. Because Joy Division actually inspired the post-punk era in the UK. They only released two albums in three years. They also inspired other famous rock and roll bands such as U2, Radiohead, or Killers. I'm pretty sure you are all familiar with them. Although Control is not a documentary, it's based on a true story, and the story is about Ian Curtis and what happened on May 18, 1980. If you like rock and roll, this is a very suitable film for you this weekend. And the second new movie we're going to talk about today is an animation. Let's listen to the introduction. Sword Art Online, Progressive, Alia of a Starless Night. There's no way to beat this game. 
The only difference is when and where you die. One month after Kayaba Akihito's game of death began, the death toll continues to rise. 2,000 players having already lost their lives to the ultra-difficult VR MMO world of Sword Art Online. On the day of the strategy meeting to plan out the first floor boss battle, Kirito, a solo player who vows to fight alone to get stronger, runs into a rare high-level female player Asuna Yuuki. She gracefully dispatches powerful monsters with a single rapier that flashes like a shooting star in the night. The second new movie we're going to talk about today is Sword Art Online Progressive. You can call it SAO. It's released this weekend, but I have to admit that I've already seen it. I went to the screening and I love it. Yes, I'm personally a fan of SAO. This is the animation that I watched full episodes. Well, at least all the animation series so far. Only second to Pokemonster. The story is very exciting. It's about a living crisis in a virtual game world. So the animation combines adventure, love, and fights. It's based on the novel of the same name. And the TV animation started in 2012. It got super popular. And in 2017, the very first movie was released. I watched that too. It's pretty good. But this time, it's a totally new one. Because they want to talk about the story from the very beginning once again. So once again... All the fans can go back to the floating city, Aingrando, with two protagonists, Kirito and Asuna. The story of this movie is actually set before these two protagonists even meet each other. Or you can say this is the story how they meet each other. And you know, something interesting is that Asuna, the female protagonist, is a third-year student in junior high who doesn't even play video games, but she just borrows this Nerf gear from her brother by accident and she's stuck in the game forever. When I say forever, of course, I'm talking about the time before they actually get out of the game. But you know, when all the players in the game hear what the game designer says about how they can luck out and they will die if they die in the game. It's so scary, you will think it as forever. Yeah, the game manager tells the players, although this is just a game, it's for real. And as you can imagine, all the players in the game are panic. I personally think it's totally reasonable. If it's me, I will panic as well. Especially because I love playing games, but I'm not good at playing it. So I would imagine myself die very soon. And I don't want to die in a game. That's really sad. But SAO Progressive is not sad at all. It's very exciting. And if you are an animation lover, this is the movie for you this weekend. Before we move on to Top 007 session, let's review what we had from last week. Top 3. Ron's Gone Wrong. Top 2, No Time to Die. And there were two movies for Top 1, Dune and Venom, Leather Be Carnage. There are some differences this week. Let's see what we have for Top 7 to Top 4 this week. Top 6, Halloween Kills. Michael Myers is alive. (laughs) 
Top five. The fourth. Top four. Eternals. How long do we have? Seven days. All right. Since there's only one new movie on the chart this week, I guess you all know we're going to talk about Eternals. And yes, I'm a Marvel fan. I've seen Eternals, but to be honest, I don't like it. It's not because of the director. I will explain later. But I think today's not a good time to talk about spoiler yet, because it's just released one or two weeks ago. So today I'm going to introduce the movie in general, and maybe next week or in two weeks we can talk about why I don't like it. First of all, the story is very diverse. The characters are diverse as well, because the culture on Earth and human history are both the main themes in the movie. Eternals even casted the very first actress with hearing disorder in MCU, Lauren Ridloff. In the comic, the character was actually male without hearing disorder, but Marvel changed it into Macari. So we can see that Marvel is trying their best to take care of the disadvantaged, pay attention to gender and racial issues. The director of Eternals is Chloe Zhao. Her favorite part of this movie is that these superheroes are the same as normal human beings. They have struggles over emotions and humanity. Director Zhao thinks that no matter you look at these superheroes from their age, gender, or their race, you can tell that the characters in Eternals are very complicated, unique. And with flaws. Also, this is the very first time that MCU hires an Oscar-winning director to direct their movie. Chloe Zhao broke the record of winning Best Director at the Oscars as a Chinese woman and as a colored female. I don't really like this record because why we are colored and white people are not colored? That's also racism, right? Anyway, for director Zhao, she thinks that independent films and mainstream or business movies are not that different. What she cares about the characters are the inner beauty and the humanity. The CEO of Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, also thinks that Chloe Zhao not only knows about how to film characteristic films, but also has vision for movies. And when it comes to MCU animation and Star Wars, Chloe Zhao is very knowledgeable and she's very talkative. That's the reason why Marvel Studios thinks that it's the right choice to pick her as the director of Eternals. But still, I don't like it. I will talk about it next week. But for now, let's move on to top three to top one. Top three, Dune. Duncan, can I trust you with something? Yes, always. You know that. My Hero Academia, World Heroes Mission. Top 2, Venom, Leather Be Carnage. Good evening, Eddie. Hey, Mrs. Chen. Good evening, Venom. Top 1, No Time to Die. Where's 007? I need a favor, brother. The only... There are some changes on the chart, 
No Time to Die is back to top one. I guess it's because it was just released in the U.S. But I'm very surprised that Venom is still on top two. Maybe because audience in the U.S. still looks forward to the movie. But anyway, I'd like to talk about No Time to Die. And spoil alert, so if you haven't seen it, you better leave now. I'm going to talk about spoilers because it has been released in Taiwan for more than a month. I think it's okay to give out spoilers. There are two big spoilers about No Time to Die. The first one is that James Bond has a kid. I don't think this is a surprise at all because in the very beginning, when Madeline and James Bond departed from each other, she touched her belly. And the opening animation shows a lot of images of roses and mom's belly. I think that's quite obvious, a hint, but somebody still doesn't get it. So when there is actually a child, I immediately think it's Bond's, even though Madeline doesn't admit it. And the second spoiler is that James Bond dies. How could that happen? How could you kill a character that's never dying? Of course, in the end, it says James Bond will come back. Wait, I forget whether it says James Bond will be back or 007 will be back. If it's 007, whoa, we don't know if it's going to be James Bond. But I remember it's James Bond, and I was like, yeah, I know this is the last episode of Daniel Craig. But how could you kill him? I mean, you can just set up a scene that he retires, leaves this job of double seven forever, things like that, because he loves his family. Maybe he, Madeline, and their kids go live on an island or something. I know, like、uh, all the bad guys in James Bond universe will try to find them, but still, you can try and. Yeah, I agree. That probably won't be a good ending, but I don't want him to die. And I think that's a lot of people thought after they watched No Time to Die. I mean, when we went to see the movie, I thought you said it's No Time to Die. Then you killed James Bond in the end. I just can't accept that. But it still feels so good to witness an ending of an era. Because when I was little, I didn't understand 007 at all. I think it's not for kids. But as we grew up with Daniel Craig, we kind of had this bonding with James Bond. So after this episode, I just ordered the complete works of James Bond. I haven't read yet, but I would now say I'm a fan of James Bond, and I'm really looking forward to the next episode. That's all the time we have for today. If you like the show, please share and like it for us. Remember to tune in same time here next week. I'm Viola. See you next week.